Warrior fans can come in here, the Celtic fans can come in here, Laker fans can come in here. But take that L on the way out. Dallas coming off a loss last night to San Antonio, 119-109, as Murray hits the three to... Grant sets up Gary Harris. Good one there. Two question I asked to one of their insiders tonight. He's not there yet. He says more work. Grant. Check straight away. Yes. Yes. Murray to Jokic. Your place to get weekly Denver Nuggets news, highlights, and opinions with your host, Arthur Knight, and your co-host, Nick Basher. Welcome to Take That L. I'm Arthur Knight. With me, as always, is the Bash Man, Nick Basher. Say hi to the people, Bash Man. Hey, what's up, what's up? How you guys doing today? All right, man. We're just going to jump right into it with the jump ball, my man. Well, let me let me yeah, first. Do it. How you been, man? I haven't, I haven't seen you in a while, like in person, in the flesh. I see you on. Yeah, camera, no. but <laughs> I haven't seen. Yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, we're getting. Yeah, no, I've been good. Yeah, just uh, I actually yesterday was my first day back to work in fourteen days, so it was nice to get some social aspects with some of my bosses and some of my coworkers, even though uh, we are six feet apart when we're talking. But hey, other than that, pretty good. Pretty good. How you been, man? I'm doing pretty good. I mean, basically, I feel like I'm in a shouting match at work as well, um, you know, because you're about six to ten feet from anybody. So you're basically, yeah, right. hey, do you yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, it, it was definitely nice to get back then, you know, see some people and talk to them and, you know, just get into a social aspect again. That's probably the thing that I miss the most about this whole entire virus. So it's just good to be back. Yeah, man, I couldn't, I couldn't agree more, man. Um, so let's, let's talk about Mr. Murray. Um, yes. In his, uh, his little adventures in Playland is how we're going mm-hmm. to say that, man. Um, I haven't actually seen the video. I believe it got taken down before I even got a chance. Not that I want to see the video. Um, yeah. But uh, he claims he got hacked. What do you think? Um, just from the, the millennial side of this, as, uh, I, I have, um, or not prior experience, but I I've seen videos in that type of aspect. I do think, um, he was probably trying to send it to someone and his finger slipped and it sent to the story button. And as a cover up, he's just trying to say he was hacked. But other than that, man, like props to him, the, the girl was a dimey dime. So, you know, like he's the real goat. If, if we're going to look at in that type of aspect, but, um, yeah, man, uh, you know, shit happens. I mean, he's uh 23, so, you know, who knows? Yeah. I mean, he's a young guy. Um, I don't think, I don't think personally it'll affect his career or anything. You have to be really, really, really careful with no doubt what you're doing. Like you can't have that slip slip of the thumb. You just can't. No way. No, no. That That's a, uh, definitely something that I don't know why even famous people even try to record on Snapchat. It's or even all social media platforms. I mean, I think what you and your girl do within the 
the comfort of your house should probably stay with inside the house and not get onto social media. But maybe that's just my opinion on it. But uh, I, I mean, I can't be mad at him as someone who's literally my age, the same age as him. You know, props to him. I just think that he, you know, should should be a lot more about what he sends out there. You know, that it, it just they ain't practicing a good six feet policy, though. Yeah, so, no, definitely not those two. So back on the uh, the subject of Murray, um, you know, just just as a final point, he really just needs to be very very careful. Um, with social media, I know with you guys being young and all of that, that he um, is going to continue to do the social media thing and send those type of videos. You just have to be very careful when doing so. Yeah, no, I agree with you. Everything definitely agree. Um, on a whole nother topic, uh, the Nuggets, they've been as a team, they have been branded as soft. And I don't really like it. Um, I, I I feel like at times they play soft, but I wouldn't brand them as a soft team. Um, these this team has come back from incredible deficits this year and last year. I mean, yeah, I agree. That's as tough as you can get. Um, why do you think that this team is is labeled as soft though? You know what I really think it is? I think it stems from our best player being Jokic. I think because people look at him as a big, you know, bigger guy, doesn't really, you know, he's not cut up. He's not super athletic. He plays just super technical basketball. And I think he kind of just gets a, a rep of like, he, he can't bang bodies, even though, as we know, he is definitely more physical than people give him credit. Um, and I just think not having, um, uh, major alpha. I mean, I guess you would say Will Barton, but even Will Barton's only six five. It's not like he's a six seven wing uh, setting the defensive tone. Um, and also, just Denver's always been known as a an offensive organization. They've always had explosive offenses. Never really gave that grit and grind type of defensive. Um, fortitude until the last couple seasons with Mike Malone. So, I, I think it's more of just a an outside look. I think when we look at the team. We know we have some dogs on our team, um, even stemming from Jokic, the one that's usually setting the tone offensively and even defensively the last few seasons. So I do think um, it's, it's a wrap that I think will fade eventually because we're going to continue to be a good team, always being a great regular season team, getting good wins. But I think it's just always going to happen because of Jokic, just the, his look. Well, I mean, the argument can be made that Jokic does play soft defensively. He he does not play soft offensively at all. No way. That argument. Uh, but you can make the argument that sometimes he does play soft on defense. I don't think there's anybody that fears going to the rim on the Denver Nuggets. But as a defensive unit, the five starters, well, the whole – the five to 12 – players that get minutes, five to eight players that get get minutes, mm-hmm. they all collectively as a team play tough, really good defense. More often than not, I'd say eight out of ten games, you're going to get a very tough defensive team. Definitely. Maybe three guys on the team that are defensive specialists is Torrey Craig, Gary Harris, and Paul Millsap. 
So, um, but I would, I wouldn't, I, I, I just don't, I don't see how anybody could justify calling this team soft and how they need to shake that stigma. Uh, to me, this team, I, and I know I'm a homer, I'm a, I'm a fan. And like you said, we look at this team a little bit differently than everybody else. Definitely. But if you look at it from the perspective of this team has held more teams under 100 and we've played every team above uh, 500, we've played every team that's going into the playoffs and we've beaten them all. Uh, if you take all of that into a factor, this is one of the toughest teams in the NBA, in my opinion. No, and I agree with all that. I, I do think there is a stigma. I do think it, it sends back to those uh, early 70s, 80s teams when they were just all offense, you know, 130, 40 points a night. And even the last few iterations, um, you know, with the early mellows, even though, you know, they, they were a pretty good defensive team. Um, they were just more offense. And I, I, like I said, with the the entrance of Mike Malone, who stems from that Popovich tree, I do think he does bring a defensive mindset and even defensive schemes that really work well for the Nuggets. So I just think it's a matter of time, super young team. I think our average medium of players, 24, 25 years old. So I, I think in a few years, once these players can, um, understand the game a little better, you know, know the angles, you know, just get a better IQ for the game. I think eventually they will um, become a really solid defensive team. This team, like I said on our first uh, show, I, I look at this team and it reminds me so much of the 2013, 2014 Warriors. And I mean, obviously we don't have a Steph Curry on our team, but the amount of role players, the amount of how, how good the chemistry is, how uh, everyone's selfish. I just think that's a very good collective. And I just think in time, they will become a pretty stout defensive unit. No, I completely agree. I mean, I, I think right now they're still a pretty stout defensive team. They're just going to um, have to solidify that. Uh, how do you say? Um, we have to get rid of that stigma of being soft. They're going to have to solidify. Well, I don't think, I don't think it's a stigma. Cause I mean, you've, I mean, golden state warriors, they, they were, I mean, I don't see them as a physical team all four or five oh, years they won. I, I think it, I think it's just a matter of, and I think Mike Malone is a better defensive coach than Steve Kerr is obviously, or not obviously, but that's just my opinion. Um, so I think it's a matter of like, if we can get like a Steph Curry, like a, a generational superstar on this team, that's when we'll really, really become a, a super contender where we're fighting it for four or five, six seasons in a row. But for right now, having just Jokic, unless Murray can really blossom or uh, MPJ can really blow up, it's going to be rough with just having Jokic as a uh, top five to seven player. You need at least two or three of those guys to really compete. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, and with that, we're going to take our first break. Uh, stay tuned. I've got a list of uh, 15 players, generational players, that, the, that have been suited up for the Nuggets that most people don't remember. Um, we're also going to go right into the give and go when we come back from our commercial break. Stay tuned. This is Take That L with Arthur Knight and Nick Basher. So I'm taking a trip over to Tibet, you uh -huh. know, see the sights, climb a hill or two. But I remember, oh man, I got one guy out here who I actually know. So I give an old ringy dingy to the Lama. What? You know, the Dalai Lama. Uh -huh. His laminescence, really? flowing robes, grace, bald, striking, really. I says to the Lama, hey, you remember that? 
round I carried for you down in Shangri-La. Well, apparently some station out in Lakewood taped the whole thing. Oh. See, the llama's a big hitter. Nailed two eagles in a row that day. Well, he says, what station could have possibly gotten all the way out to my sacred holy lands, the Shangri? I says it was none other than GoMileHigh.com, llama. Uh-huh. They got the best sports coverage in the state. The llama actually tips me this time, 2-1. So he pretty much stiffed me again, but I got him hooked on GoMileHigh.com, so I got that going for me, which is nice. That's great. GoMileHigh.com. Welcome to Landmark Packaging, where we can take care of all your packaging needs. From labeling to janitorial supply, we've got you covered. We're going eight years strong and have an A-plus with the Better Business Bureau. Find us on the web at LandmarkPackaging.com. We look forward to the opportunity to provide your business with custom packaging solutions. Landmark Packaging, always challenge your capabilities. Every day across this country, hundreds of college radio stations take to the air, broadcasting music and programming that you won't hear anywhere else. It's one of the last places where people can really be able to actually say what they want to say. Without it, you wouldn't have a place for local artists to perform. Certain people need to have a chance, a fighting chance, and college radio is that place for it. College radio changes the lives of those who are involved with it and can change those who listen to it too. This is where we start out you know from getting all this great experience working in college radio it makes you want to work in real radio college radio means finding yourself it helped me find what i wanted to do in not only school but in life so support college radio by continuing to listen to this station and supporting the students who make it happen college radio now more than ever a message brought to you by this station and the college radio foundation for more information please visit collegeradio.org young Papsy, we must make it back to Camelot so I can listen to GoMileHigh.com. Oh, who goes there? It is I, King Arthur on his mighty steed. Let me in the castle at once. I must get to my quarters to listen in to the best in Colorado's sports lifestyle programming. But sir, don't we live in medieval Wales? No, Popsy, you mustn't ask questions when I'm listening about my beloved Broncos. Ah, GoMileHigh.com. So I'm taking a trip over to Tibet, you know, see the sights, climb a hill or two. But I remember, oh man, I got one guy out here who I actually know. So I give an old ringy dingy to the llama, you know, the Dalai Lama, Uh his laminescence, flowing robes, grace, bald, striking really. I says to the llama, hey, you remember that round I carried for you down in Shangri-La? Well, apparently some station out in Lakewood taped the whole thing. See, the llama's a big hit. Nailed two eagles in a row that day. Well, he says, what station could have possibly gotten all the way out to my sacred holy lands, the Shangri? I says it was none other than GoMileHigh.com, llama. Uh-huh. They got the best sports coverage in the state. The llama actually tips me this time, 2-1. So he pretty much stiffed me again. But I got him hooked on GoMileHigh.com. So I got that going for me, which is nice. That's great. Go Mile High. Com. So the Warrior fans can come in here, the Celtic fans can come in here, Laker fans can come in here, but take that L on the way up. And on that note, we're back to take that L All right. after night. <laughs> and uh, uh, there are some things, people, that you just cannot unsee. And uh, we're going to go right into the Give and Go. 
and uh, our lovely producer, JG, is going to read us some questions, and we're going to give you our takes. JG, go ahead. Question one. Do you agree with Melo when he says the Nuggets should have beaten the Lakers in the 2009 Western Conference Finals? Oh, man. Well, as a Nuggets fan, of course I believe that he should that they should have won. I do believe that because I'm a Nuggets fan, they should have won, obviously. But um, Melo was having the season of his life. They had Chauncey Billups on that team. And they just kind of fizzled out in six games. Um, I believe that even Carl Malone agrees with Melo and Carl Malone has been on uh, record to say that he messed up with the development of Melo. He should have developed him a lot better as a well-rounded player and not just an offensive player. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'll be honest, coming from a basketball fan that's only been watching basketball for the last 10 years. Uh, this was one of the years that I did not watch basketball. I just was young enough. Uh, but looking at the box scores, I mean, Nuggets had a fighting chance, especially game one and uh, game three. I mean, Nuggets game one lost uh, 105 to 103. And uh, Chauncey Billups and um, uh, Mello, I mean, both had great games. But uh, Kobe Bryant ended up scoring 40 points that game. So, I mean, hard to beat that when Mamba's absolutely going insane. But even game three, uh, 103 to 97, it was still a tough, tough loss, I bet, for the uh, Nuggets. Um, again, Kobe going ag- – I was going to say Kobe going again for 41 points, and uh, you have Melo just dropping a, a measly 21. Probably probably was tough for Melo to match Kobe Bryant 101 back uh, in 2009, even though that was his prime. And like you said earlier, that was his best season. But um, – I don't know. I always say the best man wins in these type of series. Seven games is quite enough sample size. Um, I do think, obviously, if maybe the Nuggets could have a little bit more of a consistent third score, they could have gotten over it. But, I mean, it's the past now. So, I, I do think they had a good chance, though. I believe – I believe, um, and I could be wrong, but I believe that is even the season that uh, Carl had gone down with throat cancer and – they they went to the Western Conference Finals without him. So, I mean, they they with Carl at the helm, I think they probably could have won and gotten past the Lakers, but they just didn't. And Mello needs to stop living in the past. He didn't get a ring. He didn't bring one to Denver. He should have. He had plenty of time to do so. I still yeah. got love for him. I mean, you look at that team that he had, too. I mean, you have young J.R. Smith, you have Chris Anderson, you have Nene, you have uh, Kenyon Martin, and you have Chauncey Billups with Melo. I mean, that's a – and Dante Jones. I mean, that's a pretty deep team for 9 So, like, I, I agree with you. They, they should have had a chance. But the most unfortunate part about this is, what was that, a year later, Melo, Melo demanded a trade and pretty much ruined that whole team. So, it's a shame because this team could have been a lot better than what it should have been. True, true. All right, JG, hit us with the next one. Question two. Going forward, what do the Nuggets have to do to win the West this year and consistently? Bashman, I'll let you take this one on the, on the first try. Yeah, uh, well, this year, I mean, obviously, we all know what's going on in the season, so I don't know how much realistically, um, game-wise, they can catch up to uh, the Lakers. 
but I know they are one game back or two games back behind the uh, uh, the Clippers. Excuse me, I haven't checked the schedule in at least a week because, you know, no basketball. But regardless, I know they are close to the Clippers. So if they do end up having, you know, a five or six game mini camp just to get the players ready again, I do think there is a good chance that they can catch up to the Clippers and get the two seed. But I do think that one seed is pretty locked up by the Lakers. Um, for consistently, what do they have to do to continue to win the West? I mean, I, I said in the last segment, this is a super young team. I, I think they are just going to grow into their their bodies or their mental IQs. They're they're uh, they're lengthy. They they know how to play. They're all dogs. They're they're young, but I do think consistently we have the type of players that can win. So I just think they just need to grow. I just think they have have to have more uh, trial and tribulations in the playoffs. You know, get into tough series, get into tough situations, and let them dog it out. And I think that's the best type of uh, the way to grow. No, I mean, I, I agree with you. Um, the, the thing about it is, is that uh, <clears throat> I think the Nuggets can win the West this year. I mean, they're not going to win the number one seed, but they can beat the number one seed. Or I, I, think, I don't think the Lakers are going to make it to the Western Conference Finals, but that's for a whole other conversation. Hot take. But that's a hot take. If uh, the Nuggets want to win the West this year, if they want to make it to the finals, they are going to have to play better as a team and they're going to have to play more consistently. They are, as I said in the first segment, they are one of the better teams that has come from behind and played great fourth quarter games. But the problem with that is, is that when you're playing a team seven times in a row, they start to learn your habits and certain coaches even will exploit those bad habits. And the Nuggets have a lot of bad habits that they need to clean up if they want to be able to win the West. They have to just be consistent. They just have to be consistent. Um, that's, that's all they really have to do in order to win the West this year. To win the West consistently the Nuggets are going to have to bolster the good, the great players. I mean, they, they have a lot of role players, but they do have a few great players on this team that are going to be great NBA players like Grant, Murray, Harris, Jokic. Like Jokic, Jokic is going to be a Hall of Fame player. Oh, the, no doubt. After you know the other mentioned guys, they they will be great players in the NBA. But they need to just, I mean, bottom line, I, I can't say anything else besides just be more consistent. That's all they need to do is be more consistent. Yeah, yeah and just one more thing to add on to that. I agree with you, but I just think consistency will come with time. I just think this is still a young team. And I, I do, like I said, I do think we have are a great team, but I think our time is in the future. I agree. All right, JG. Question three. Will the existing starting five going to be the starting five next season? If not, who's your starting five? Oh, man. Well, there's been a lot of talk of everybody wanting certain players to be in the starting five. Um, it's it's kind of hard to say only because of the fact that we're missing a huge chunk of the season. But to me, the starting five now is not going to be the starting five next year. I 
do not think Will Barton will be a starter next year. I do not think Paul Millsap will be a starter next year. Though I think one of the two will be on the team next year. I don't know which one. But I do think one of those two players, hopefully Paul Millsap, will be on this team next year. I have my starting five next year being Murray, Harris, MPJ, Grant, and Jokic. That's my starting five with the hopefully Paul Millsap backing up Grant coming off the bench and keeping uh, a lot of the key players like Torrey Craig and uh, our backup point guard. Um, um, is, Name is escaping me right now. Um, uh, you're talking about Monte Morris? Monte yes, Morris. Sir. Thank you. Thank you, Monte yeah, no Morris. Problem. Keeping him on the core of the bench. I think that the Nuggets could go very far with those three, the core of the bench and, the, and those core of the starters, and we could actually win the West for years to come. Yeah, this is going to be a quick uh, topic or the quick question because I agree with everything you said and even to the starting lineup. I agree the starting five next year should be Jamal Murray, uh, Gary Harris, MPJ, Grant with Jokic at five. And I would same, – same exact thing. I would love to bring Paul Millsap back on a team for another contract and I would love to bring – or Will Barton's on a, uh, another – three years or another two years after this year. But yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you. I think if we have those two players coming off the bench, it really fortigates the bench and uh, it really gets that starting five, uh, a lot of space to, on the floor to attack. Um, it gives Jokic to literally play that point center that we love. It has two uh, wings and guards that can both stretch the floor, actually three, including MPJ, Gary Harris and uh, Jokic or, um, Gary Harris and Jamal Murray, excuse me. So, yeah, no, I like that. I, I'm not going to argue with that. I think that should be the starting five going into next season. All right. With that, we will go to our commercial break. This is Take That L with Arthur Knight and Nick Basher. <laughs> so I'm taking a trip over to Tibet, you uh-huh. know, see the sights, climb a hill or two. But I remember, oh, man, I got one guy out here who I actually know. So I give an old ringy dingy to the Lama, what? you know, the Dalai Lama. Uh-huh. His laminescence, really? flowing robes, grace, bald, striking, really. I says to the lamb, hey, you remember that round I carried for you down in Shangri-La? Well, apparently some station out in Lakewood taped the whole thing. Oh. See, the lamb is a big hitter. Nailed two eagles in a row that day. Well, he says, what station could have possibly gotten all the way out to my sacred holy lands, the Shangri? I says it was none other than Go Mile High Dad Cam, lamb. Uh-huh. They got the best sports coverage in the state. The lamb actually tips me this time, 2-1. So he pretty much stiffed me again. But I got him hooked on GoMileHigh.com. So I got that going for me, which is nice. That's great. GoMileHigh.com. Hey, Colorado sports fans. You're listening to GoMileHigh.com, a student-operated station live from the Colorado Media School Studios here in Belmar, giving you a different perspective on all things current. Stop torturing yourself, man. Live in the now. So stay tuned to see what's coming up next on GoMileHigh.com, Colorado's sports lifestyle. Show wing. 
Every day across this country, hundreds of college radio stations take to the air, broadcasting music and programming that you won't hear anywhere else. It's one of the last places where people can really be able to actually say what they want to say. Without it, you wouldn't have a place for local artists to perform. Certain people need to have a chance, a fighting chance, and college radio is that place for it. College radio changes the lives of those who are involved with it and can change those who listen to it too. This is where we start out, you know, from getting all this great experience working in college radio it makes you want to work in real radio. College radio means finding yourself. It helped me find what I wanted to do in not only school, but in life. So support college radio by continuing to listen to this station and supporting the students who make it happen. College radio now more than ever. A message brought to you by this station and the College Radio Foundation. For more information, please visit collegeradio.org. What does it take to be on air? It's not just the personality, though it does help. It takes drive, creativity, passion, and the willingness to develop yourself and truly find what makes you special. At Go Mile High, students are given this chance to become something great. You never know. Someone you're hearing right now could be the next big thing, and you could be the first to know how it all started. So keep listening, because you never know what's next on GoMileHigh.com. So I'm taking a trip over to Tibet, you know, uh-huh. see the sights, climb a hill or two. But I remember, oh man, I got one guy out here who I actually know. So I give an old ringy dingy to the Lama, what? you know, the Dalai Lama, uh-huh. his laminescence, really? flowing robes, grace, bald, striking really. I says to the Lama, hey, you remember that round I carried for you down in Shangri-La? Well, apparently some station out in Lakewood taped the whole thing. Oh. See, the Lama's a big hitter. Nailed two eagles in a row that day. Well, he says, what station could have possibly gotten all the way out to my sacred holy lands, the Shangri? I says it was none other than Go Mile High Dakam, Lama. Uh-huh. They got the best sports coverage in the state. The Lama actually tips me this time, 2 1. So he pretty much stiffed me again, but I got him hooked on GoMileHigh.com. So I got that going for me, which is nice. That's great. Go Mile High. Com. So the Warrior fans can come in here, the Celtic fans can come in here, Laker fans can come in here, but take that L on the way out. All right, and we're back. You're with Arthur Knight on Take That L. With with me, as always, is Nick Basher. And we're going to talk a little bit of uh, overall NBA news. We're going to talk about a bit of, it, of the coronavirus and um, when the NBA is going to start back up or um let's start with uh Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell being cleared of the coronavirus yeah no that's huge that's uh that's the first step that we need we need to get make sure all 400 some players are all healthy so um even if we start playing games with no crowds I think that's just going to be the best just to get games going on. I mean, I think that'd help our sanity. So we're, you know, not scouring every night on Netflix, trying to find something to watch. We could actually have some basketball, but yeah, that's huge. I mean, the two biggest names that first got announced of this uh, for them to test um, negative now, that's huge for the NBA. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it, it's really huge for the NBA because it, it gives it not just gives people hope about being able to watch basketball. I mean, this, this whole virus is bigger than that. 
what it what it gives is it gives people hope that you can make it through uh, this sickness. Uh, yeah, because a lot of people are out here scared. I mean, I'm scared. I'm one of them. I'm worried about you know uh, this being the apocalypse or you know I'm not I'm not a conspiracy. You're out. You're cut. Can't hear you. MLB pause for seasons for natu- natural disasters. Uh, I've, I've seen all of that, but I've never seen the world shut down like this before. So it gives me great hope that we can get back to some sort of normalcy when it comes to just everyday life, not just sports. Arthur, we can't hear you. Can't hear you. Can't hear me? There you go. Now you're good. I got to keep looking at the damn camera. Not used to that. Yeah, look at the camera because we're waving at you. <laughs> I thought out of the corner of my eye, man. I thought. Can't hear you. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Can now we can. <laughs> there we go. Um, it gives me hope. Hopefully that got recorded. Yeah, I hope so too. But uh, going to the um, the whole cases, I, I just hope that uh, you know within four or five weeks from now we can at least get some basketball games on television. Hopefully by the end of April, uh, first week of May, that's what I'm hoping for, uh, just to get maybe a five or six game mini camp and then eventually go into the playoffs from there. But yeah, man, it's, um, you know, it's a sad time, obviously, with, you know, a whole bunch of weird stuff going on. I mean, uh, United States passed Italy and China to become the number one country in uh, Corona cases. So, yeah, man, it's uh, let's just hope everything eventually you know, gets better and, you know, we can get some basketball on. And like you said, I know it's bigger than basketball. I mean, people are losing their lives, but um, I don't know, man. It's just, it feels weird. You know, everyone's pretty much stopped. Like I've never seen the world take a pause, but uh, yeah, we got to get back to normal. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. Uh, I'm going to hit you with this. uh, I kind of teased it in the first segment. Hopefully we can get through this without my mic cutting out. Uh, Am I clear now? Are we good? You're good. All right. Only if we're waving, only if we're waving at you, you're, you're not good. <laughs> All right. So we'll start with the 15 players you forgot suited up for the Denver Nuggets. Uh, number 15 is Ralph Simpson. I had never heard of this guy. I know Ralph uh, Simpson. is. I didn't know he played for them. I know he played for Houston. Yeah. Yeah. He was one of the original uh, Nuggets, actually. He played for the Nuggets. They were in the ABA, and they were the uh, the Denver the Denver, Denver Rockets. Rockets. 
Yeah, yeah Denver Rockets. I didn't know that. And then they switched over to the Denver Nuggets. He played six seasons with the Nuggets. And he's one of the a Nuggets great. We'll go with uh, number 14, Al Harrington from 2010 to 2012. Pretty good player. I liked Al Harrington. Yeah, yeah I know Al Harrington. I actually knew that, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some that's, people, not, that's not that Some people forget that these players suited up for the Nuggets. These are, like, great players. I thought this was a pretty interesting read. I've had a lot of time on my hands. <laughs> yeah, haven't we all? <laughs> uh, Roy Hibbert played for the Nuggets from 2016 to 2017. I don't remember that one. Yeah, he wasn't. He wasn't all that great. No, no. I mean, I remember him back in the uh, the Indiana days, back with him and yeah. Paul George, that yeah. 2012, 13, 14 seasons back uh, when those uh, Pacers versus Miami. But I don't remember uh, Paul or um, Roy Hibbert being on the Nuggets. Yeah, it was a, like one year. Hmm. Uh, you J.R. Ryder, number 12, J.R. Ryder, 2001 through 2002. Uh, he only played 10 games and then he was waived. <laughs> I don't even know why he's on the list. Then we've got this one. This was the one that surprised me. This one will surprise you too, because I, I I grew up in this era and I totally had forgotten about this this one season. And number eleven, Kenny Smith. Really, I didn't know that either. From nineteen ninety six to nineteen ninety seven, played for the Nuggets. Oh, that came off of right. That was that was right after his Houston days. I'm assuming, huh? Yeah. From yeah. Okay. Ninety seven. He spent, he played 33 games for the Nuggets. Uh, he actually began the season that year as a Piston, and then uh, finished out his uh, his season as a Nuggets as a Nuggets player. Mm, okay, kind of kind of shocked me. You know that was that was really I was like, whoa! I can't I don't remember that. I had yeah. to go back and look at that. Uh, number ten, Richard Jefferson, 2017 through 2018. Uh, great for Houston, not so much for the, the Nuggets. I mean, not Houston, excuse me, San Antonio. Not so much for the Nuggets, uh, but a very great, solid player. Did you ever watch him play? Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, Richard Jefferson is, is really good. I, I really liked him. Yeah, uh, as, a, as a LeBron fan, he, uh, he became one of my favorite players to watch the root for back in 2016. Some of the stuff that he used to do with, with the uh, building the chemistry with him and Channing Fry, yeah, huge fan of Richard, Richard Everson. Still watching him on uh, Get Up and ESPN shows. Definitely one of my favorite players to watch. Yeah, he's he's good. Uh, number nine is Kevin Willis, two thousand to two thousand and one. Uh, I had to go back and do some research on this guy. Uh, I didn't really know much about him. Uh, he did play for the Hawks, averaged about 18.3 a game, 15 rebounds a game. So he averaged a double-double for the team, or for the Hawks, I should say. Uh, and the same for the Miami Heat. But I don't really remember this guy too much from 2000 2001, to be honest with you. Number eight, Jalen Rose from 1994 to 1996. I knew that. 
Yeah, he played for the Nuggets. Another great. Uh, let's see. Let's see if I can get through a few more of these. Uh, number seven, Jawana Howard from uh, 2001 to 2003. And then he came back in 2008 to 2009. Mark Number six, Mark Jackson from 96 to 97. Number one, Tim Hardaway from 2000 oh. to 2002. Look at that. Okay. And that was our list. That was my anecdotal. Stay tuned. This is Take That L with Arthur Knight and Nick Basher. Every day across this country, hundreds of college radio stations take to the air, broadcasting music and programming that you won't hear anywhere else. It's one of the last places where people can really be able to actually say what they want to say. Without it, you wouldn't have a place for local artists to perform. Certain people need to have a chance, a fighting chance, and college radio is that place for it. College radio changes the lives of those who are involved with it and can change those who listen to it too. This is where we start out, you know, from getting all this great experience working in college radio, it makes you want to work in real radio. College radio means finding yourself. It helped me find what I wanted to do in not only school, but in life. So support college radio by continuing to listen to this station and supporting the students who make it happen. College radio now more than ever. A message brought to you by this station and the College Radio Foundation. For more information, please visit collegeradio.org. Welcome to Landmark Packaging, where we can take care of all your packaging needs. From labeling to janitorial supply, we've got you covered. We're going eight years strong and have an A-plus with the Better Business Bureau. Find us on the web at landmarkpackaging.com. We look forward to the opportunity to provide your business with custom packaging solutions. Landmark Packaging, always challenge your capabilities. So I'm taking a trip over to Tibet, you uh-huh. know, see the sights, climb a hill or two. But I remember, oh man, I got one guy out here who I actually know. So I give an old ringy dingy to the Lama, what? you know, the Dalai Lama, uh-huh. his laminescence, really? flowing robes, grace, bald, striking really. I says to the Lama, hey, you remember that round I carried for you down in Shangri-La? Well, apparently some station out in Lakewood taped the whole thing. Oh. See, the Lama's a big hitter. Nailed two eagles in a row that day. Well, he says, what station could have possibly gotten all the way out to my sacred holy lands, the Shangri? I says it was none other than GoMileHigh.com, Lama. Uh-huh. They got the best sports coverage in the state. The Lama actually tips me this time, 2-1. So he pretty much stiffed me again. But I got him hooked on GoMileHigh.com. So I got that going for me, which is nice. That's great. Go Mile High. Hurry, young Popsy, we must make it back to Camelot so I can listen to GoMileHigh.com. Oh, who goes there? It is I, King Arthur on his mighty steed. Let me in the castle at once. I must get to my quarters to listen in to the best in Colorado's sports lifestyle programming. But, sir, don't we live in medieval Wales? No, Popsy, you mustn't ask questions when I'm listening about my beloved Broncos. Ah, GoMileHigh.com. 
Every day across this country, hundreds of college radio stations take to the air, broadcasting music and programming that you won't hear anywhere else. It's one of the last places where people can really be able to actually say what they want to say. Without it, you wouldn't have a place for local artists to perform. Certain people need to have a chance, a fighting chance, and college radio is that place for it. College radio changes the lives of those who are involved with it and can change those who listen to it too. This is where we start out, you know, from getting all this great experience working in college radio, it makes you want to work in real radio. College radio means finding yourself. It helped me find what I wanted to do in not only school, but in life. So support college radio by continuing to listen to this station and supporting the students who make it happen. College radio now more than ever. A message brought to you by this station and the College Radio Foundation. For more information, please visit collegeradio.org. So the Warrior fans can come in here, the Celtic fans can come in here, Laker fans can come in here, but take that L on the way out. That signal means we're back to take that L with Arthur Knight. Uh, I apologize about the mic issues and uh, also me not knowing that that was our third segment. So we're going to get our our fourth segment, you know, we're learning, we're students. This is our second show. We're going to make it do what it do, though. Uh, hopefully, I'm coming through loud and clear now on this microphone. Um, I'd like to just reach out and talk to some people. You know, I know I don't know how many people are going to actually listen to this podcast. I have a lot of friends that say once I do start posting these shows, they'll start listening. But the the thing about it is, is that a lot of people are out here acting crazy and like, you know, trying to make this all political and this virus doesn't give a damn what your political affiliation is. It will infect and kill the people closest to you. You may not even know you have a heart condition. You may not even know you have diabetes yet. You know, you may not, have, may not be diagnosed. So you really, really need to just, be cautious. Uh, don't be stupid. I, you know, people out here throwing uh, Corona parties and stupid stuff like that. Crazy. And, and I, I just think that's, that's ridiculous when there's people actually dying from this virus. Yeah. It's not, um, it's not like the bubonic plague or, you know, in England back in the day, it's not just like or the Spanish flu of 1918. Right. It's not, it's not that, but it's still, you know, I don't want my grandfather who's 85 years old and probably in the best shape of his, of his life still. He's an old Marine, but this, this virus could still kill him, you know? No. Yeah. No. I mean, I'm coming from a person whose dad has diabetes who, uh, my dad, you know, great guy, but you know, he, he's a, he's a foodie. He loves to eat. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's scary for him. I mean, he lives in Florida, the Tampa Bay area, which I mean, Florida is one of the hot spots. I mean, obviously New York is the hot spot, but Everywhere else in the United States, Florida is one of the bigger uh, areas that is getting uh, impacted by this. And yeah, it's scary, man. Um, you know, as someone that's myself who's pretty healthy, relatively healthy, takes a lot of vitamins, who enjoys working out and staying active, uh, I'm not too worried about this. I actually am enjoying this whole process. It's kind of interesting just to, um, you know, just to, to, to learn from a different type of way on the computers and just to do this whole entire type of uh, – tribulation but other than that um yeah i mean it, it's a it's a pretty scary time for some other people with some of those underlying health issues so 
you know, make sure everyone does their practice of social distancing, make sure everyone's washing their hands, uh, using hand sanitizer, but you know, we'll get through it. We always have, we always will. Just have to, people just have to be mindful of, I just, I, I didn't realize, I knew that we were a selfish country, you know, I just didn't realize how selfish we were until two weeks. Are you talking about the grocery stores and stuff like that? I'm talking about in general. I posted, I posted a meme on Facebook not too long ago. It was like yesterday or the day before. I have posted a meme that said, if I gave you a hundred Skittles and told you only three of them could kill you, you know, you would avoid every single Skittle, you know? Yeah. And one of my good friends that I've, one of my good friends that I've known since like sixth grade, he posted on there uh, some craziness about, um, you know, people get in cars and drive, you know, all of this false equivalency stuff. And it's like, you know, we take our lives in our hands all the time. And it's like, yeah, but this is something a little different. <laughs> this is something different. Yeah, no, I, I, I what, what kind of annoys me is, um, you know, I, I do see people out like i was out at the grocery store today but i mean i have to go to the grocery store at least once a week to get what i need but i mean i have people on social media that i see um i have a few friends in florida that are going out every single day on the boat with 10 to 15 people on the boat going next to the, the sandbar with another 50 people it's just it, it makes me kind of floored and flabbergasted how inconsiderate these type of people are it, it's just it's it's mesmerizing to watch these people just to see like, wow, you guys are that stupid. So yeah, man. I mean, I'm, I've personally taken my due diligence to social distance and sub quarantine. Um, I said earlier, I was able to get back to work yesterday, which was awesome. But my job is crazy when it's coming to the regulations, everyone's six feet apart. Everyone has gloves. Everyone has masks, masks on. So my work's really taking it to the uh, extra precaution, but, um, I mean, when it comes to school, I haven't been to school in two weeks. I mean, everything's online. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, I appreciate people that are doing the necessary steps, but for those people that aren't, like, come on, get your head out your butt. Fine. Let's, yeah. Well, let's get over this. Yeah, let's just, just do it for – it's like do it for two weeks. If the whole country just did it for two weeks, mm-hmm. we'd be done. No, yeah, if, if everyone did it for two weeks or the max of three weeks, everyone would know if they're either – impacted by this whether they ca- caught the, the virus or they're there they they steered clear to the virus and exactly. everyone is just too selfish of oh well, i want to go out and partying or i want to go out and hang out with friends it's like why like, like are you that selfish are, are, are you are you are you that crazed about your spring break that you got to go out like come on like like if, most of these if, people are college people like come on man what if you go home to your dad and you don't know that he has a heart condition he hasn't told you yet. He's hiding yeah. from the family. And now you brought, now you have the coronavirus. You just brought that to him. Yeah, no, I agree. You know, it's just people use your head. It's just, yeah, I, I would rather overreact than underreact because that's how the bubonic plague type stuff happens when a whole bunch of people yeah. die needlessly because of lack of preparation, a lack of diligence. And just a lack of common sense, man, you know? Yeah. And what's nice about this going on right now is um, like luckily about this virus, it's super contagious, but it's not that deadly uh, to the point of, you know, the uh, flu of 1918 or the bubonic plague. Um, It's still deadly to a point, 
But I mean, what's going to be good about this is this is going to set us up for the next one. And, um, you know, hopefully our government takes the necessary actions and the necessary, necessary precautions to uh, build up our CDC control, our uh, prevention of disease control, you know, the whole entire, um, you know, facility or the whole entire band of that government string. I'm not really too sure what the, the proper term is. That whole entire um, operation needs to be more fortitude and, you know, be prepared for the next one that happens. Yeah. You know, I agree. Um, right now it's, it's just not, it's not just about um, controlling the virus anymore. Cause because the, the, the fact of the matter is, is that just because it's not deadly um, just because um, it's, it's not the bubonic plague doesn't mean that it can't have the same type of effects uh, because the hospitals and all of that, they're not prepared for this. They're being overwhelmed. Yeah. And people are going to, if there's no guarantee and there's no study that says if you caught it, you're going to be immune to it again. Everybody yeah. keeps saying that, but it's like you, people get the flu year round. Like you get it yeah. sometimes twice a year. Um, do you want to have to keep going through this month after month where there's an outbreak of this disease? Or do we want to take a, two or three weeks? and do the case studies on the worst on the worst cases and figure out a way to either vaccinate or kill this virus you know like yeah. let's, just, let's just use our heads people as americans we we are very selfish and we're being very selfish and we just need to cut all this selfishness out you know uh we were founded on helping each other being united, being a unit, um, not, well, my state is this, your state is that, my city's this, your city's that. The fact of the matter is, is if I contract coronavirus and I drive to Longmont and Longmont doesn't have one case and I go to the grocery store, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? If I'm that, that yeah. guy, if I'm that guy, yeah, no. you know, so let's just well use and um, let's get let's get past this virus and get our lives going on because I would like to finish school. Um, this is probably I, I'm, I've been alive for 39 years, and this is probably the best part of my life so far. I've had a lot of fun at school with you guys and um, creating shows and and all the uh, the talent that's around me right now and. I feel extremely blessed to have it and to be separated from it is killing your boy. So, yeah. Pre um, preaching to the choir, preaching to the choir. Right. Right. So with that said, this will be the wrap up of take that L. <laughs> I appreciate everybody that stuck with us. I know we've had some technical issues. Hopefully uh, we will have all of these bugs worked out. Appreciate you guys listening to another episode of Take That L. Uh, tune in next Saturday uh, for me and Arthur to you know discuss more basketball news. Hopefully a little bit dive into a little bit more Nuggets history, and uh, we'll see you then. Have a good one. Signing off. Take that L.
So I'm taking a trip over to Tibet, you uh-huh. know, see the sights, climb a hill or two. But I remember, oh man, I got one guy out here who I actually know. So I give an old ringy dingy to the Lama. What? You know, the Dalai Lama. Uh-huh. His laminescence, really? flowing robes, grace, bald, striking, really. I says to the Lama, hey, you remember that round I carried for you down in Shangri-La? Well, apparently some station out in Lakewood taped the whole thing. Oh. See, the Lama's a big hitter. Nailed two eagles in a row that day. Well, he says, what station could have possibly gotten all the way out to my sacred holy lands, the Shangri? I says it was none other than GoMileHigh.com, Lama. Uh-huh. They got the best sports coverage in the state. The Lama actually tips me this time, 2-1. So he pretty much stiffed me again. But I got him hooked on GoMileHigh.com. So I got that going for me. Which is nice. That's great. GoMileHigh.com Hey Colorado sports fans, you're listening to GoMileHigh.com, a student-operated station live from the Colorado Media School Studios here in Belmar, giving you a different perspective on all things current. Stop torturing yourself, man. Live in the now. So stay tuned to see what's coming up next on GoMileHigh.com, Colorado's sports lifestyle. Show wing. Every day across this country, hundreds of college radio stations take to the air, broadcasting music and programming that you won't hear anywhere else. It's one of the last places where people can really be able to actually say what they want to say. Without it, you wouldn't have a place for local artists to perform. Certain people need to have a chance, a fighting chance, and college radio is that place for it. College radio changes the lives of those who are involved with it and can change those who listen to it, too. This is where we start out, you know, from getting all this great experience working in college radio it makes you want to work in real radio. College radio means finding yourself. It helped me find what I wanted to do in not only school, but in life. So support college radio by continuing to listen to this station and supporting the students who make it happen. College radio now more than ever. A message brought to you by this station and the College Radio Foundation. For more information, please visit collegeradio.org. What does it take to be on air? It's not just the personality, though it does help. It takes drive, creativity, passion, and the willingness to develop yourself and truly find what makes you special. At Go Mile High, students are given this chance to become something great. You never know. Someone you're hearing right now could be the next big thing, and you could be the first to know how it all started. So keep listening, because you never know what's next on GoMileHigh.com. So I'm taking a trip over to Tibet, you uh-huh. know, see the sights, climb a hill or two. But I remember, oh man, I got one guy out here who I actually know. So I give an old ringy dingy to the Lama, what? you know, the Dalai Lama, uh-huh. his laminescence, really? flowing robes, grace, bald, striking really. I says to the Lama, hey, you remember that round I carried for you down in Shangri-La? Well, apparently some station out in Lakewood taped the whole thing. Oh. See, the Lama's a big hitter. Nailed two eagles in a row that day. Well, he says, What station could have possibly gotten all the way out to my sacred holy lands, the Shangri? I says it was none other than GoMileHigh.com, Lama. Uh-huh. They got the best sports coverage in the state. The Lama actually tips me this time, 2 1. So he pretty much stiffed me again. But I got him hooked on GoMileHigh.com. So I got that going for me, which is nice. That's great. GoMileHigh. Dot com.